0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're listening to After Raw, broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin setting Except no
1: Hello dear listeners, welcome to another random fixture edition based once again on the little stash of 1970s Match Day programs that I recently came into ownership of. Um, today's fixture is one from the 1979 to 80 season under the managership of Jules Petchy. Um, difficult era to be a Millwall fan, this was very much um, tough times at the Den. This would have been a game that I would have been at, but I can't remember it. In all honesty, um, interesting researching it because I would have expected to have remembered it, but maybe at my age, the uh, the old uh, grey matter starts to fail you. It's Millwall one, Colchester United two. Game dated Saturday, December the first, nineteen seventy nine. I'm looking at program. The programs this season featured a kind of like it's like a green pitch. Design Centre Circle Football League Division Three Matchday Program Price Just Thirty Pence, dear listeners. A long time ago, nineteen seventy-nine to eighty was a difficult season, as we've as we've said. We've been relegated the previous year. Very depressing campaign, nineteen seventy-eight to seventy-nine. It started with reasonable hopes and big signings. John Mitchell had signed for the Lions the previous season, but it didn't work out. We finished in twenty-first position. In the second division and the ignominy of relegation back to the third division that we'd escaped in 75-76 but initially at least um, relegation seemed to be full of promise promise of an immediate bounce back we we're actually top of the table in uh, the November of 79 having made a reasonably decent start to the season but that would tail away dramatically um, coinciding with financial difficulties in all honesty the club was operating on um, an average gate at this point between five to seven to eight thousand-ish. A good gate would be one such as today's fixture that we're looking at, the the loss at home to Colchester, that had a seven and a half thousand crowd, and I think we would probably have called that a decent home attendance at this point. The average gate for the season would would tail out to six thousand for seventy nine eighty. So that gives you a bit of a sense of the um, the hard times that were prevailing in football. At this point, I suppose you'd have to say this would have been the, um, the 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 pomp, so to speak, of of uh, what came to be called football hooliganism. Um, it would afflict the club repeatedly in the late the late seventies and then through the eighties, up really until um, eventual promotion in the late nineteen eighties. But at this time, that promotion to the top flight seemed. Um, and absolute light years away. Absolute light years away at this point in the late 70s. So as we say, Millwall 1, Colchester United 2. The Mill team for this particular fixture featured John Jackson in goal, a veteran goalkeeper. Um, he seemed immensely old. I mean, I would have been, what, 18 at this point. Um, and Jackson seemed to have been around forever. He reminded me of one of the um, the Sphinx you know, in ancient Egypt, always there. Um, he played for Crystal Palace previously. He um, was a good servant for Millwall, but very late in his career. He must have been nearly nearly 40 at this point. I haven't checked that, so I'll stand to be corrected. But he was um, a veteran, shall we say. The back line, uh, Tony Kinsella, Mel Blythe, who I irrationally hated, Mel Blythe. Um, Ex-Palace player, and for that reason, I think I always held a, a spite grudge against Mel Blythe. Tony Tag, who I quite liked, and then another long-serving club um, servant in Dave Donaldson. So Kinsella Blythe, Tony Tag, and Dave Donaldson across the back line. Across the middle, I've lined them up in 442. I don't know if this was the formation. I would have thought it would have been. Um, I've got Dave Mehmet, um, one of our youth products, of course. Dave Mehmet, he has the ginger hair, um, local boy. John Seesman, who we're going to come back to, one of my favourite. Players of this era, John Seesman, an attacking midfielder, come striker at times. Nicky Chatterton, um, again with with some Palace connections, he played for Crystal Palace, but I think I hated him less than the Melbournive. Um, I can't give you any rational reason for that. Um, you know those those stances, dear listeners. And another favourite player of mine at this point, and we will come back to John Seesman, and then Tony Towner on the wing. Tony Tony Towner on the wing. On the wing used to be the cry from the the terraces at Coldblow Lane and away. I remember one game particularly down at Brighton where we got stuffed and that was our solace to sing. We've got Tony, Tony Towner on the wing. We'll come back to Tony shortly. And up front, um, John Lyons. We've touched on John Lyons previously on a previous show. I will stick a link to that episode. Very tragic um, story, John Lyons. Good striker. Joined us just for two brief seasons um, under George Petchy. Good goal scorer, really one of my favourite players at this point, but then he would move on to Colchester, um, strangely. And would eventually take his own life. R.I.P. John Lyons. And also the star striker who we'd signed previously from Fulham, John Mitchell. So Jackson, Kinsella, Blythe, Tag, Donaldson, Dave Mehmet, Seismann, Chatterton, Towner, and up front Lyons and, and John Mitchell. Goals were scored for Millwall in the 57th minute for Dave by Dave Mehmet. And for Colchester, they'd taken the lead early, wouldn't relinquish it. Uh, Trevor Lee, one of our ex-players, coming back to haunt us, as is the way of football, in the 8th minute. And then Foley, I don't know his first name, in the 30th minute for Colchester. We do have a press report from the Sunday Mirror, dated 2nd of December 1979. Headline is Lee Leaps Back, Millwall 1, Colchester 2, by a journal called Ivo, Ivo Tennant. Lanky Trevor Lee sank his former club at the Den with skills that made a mockery of the measly £15,000 transfer a year ago. Jeered from the very start on his return, he gave the fans more than just a short, sharp shock with a goal after eight minutes. His aggression up front was a big factor in causing the Lions' first home defeat of the season. They seemed paralysed with promotion battle fears in the opening half an hour. Both of Colchester's goals came from Mill defensive errors. Mel Blythe failed to cut out a through ball that led to Lee's goal, his 11th of the season. And John Jackson could only parry a goff 30 yard, 30 yard free kick in the 28th minute. The ball bounced out to Steve Foley, who promptly banged it back in. Although Mill pulled one back in the 56th minute through Dave Memmett and had short spells of pressure before half time, at the end of the day, it was always Trevor Lee's day. Um, the selling of Trevor Lee, one of my favourite players ever at the Den, um, was. But one of the um, numerous uh, reasons for George Petty to earn the, the famous graffiti Pechy must go Petty must go. this was the, the vibe around the den, um, especially after this tumble from the top and some of the um, judgments that he made on, on especially with Trevor Lee who um, came back to haunt us and had scored 11 goals in the third division. but there we are, dear listeners, that's, that was the outcome of the game. So no editorial from George Petchy on the inside of the match day program for us dear listeners, but what there is instead is a a, a page piece from the chairman of the time, Len Apple, E double Len Apple with a photo of him announcing the ten million pound Super Den proposal. This was a development idea that arose at Colblow Lane, obviously seventy nine. Um, to cut, tie in with ASDA supermarkets and to develop the whole area around uh, the den and I believe if memory serves the old uh, Greyhound Stadium, Speedway Track next door, near Cross Stadium and build I guess housing, certainly a revamped stadium, football stadium, a supermarket and sports centre. Everything else apart from the supermarket part that we saw in the end with the development of Zampa Road but this was a proposal to do very, very similar things with Cold Blow Lane. The club had gone so far as to submit a planning application, which is the gist of this, this particular story, um, and he was hoping it would go forward through Lewisham Council and then to the GLC for Greater London Council for final ratification. It would come to nothing in the end. Um, the Super Den idea was um, much vaunted, but it didn't happen. And in the end... Similar concepts, similar principles would drive the development away from Cold Blow Lane in the end after the Taylor Report which obviously put a different spin I think on proposals but at this point that wouldn't have applied that led to the construction of what we all know now as the Den, the New Den when it was first built opened in 1993 some 14 years later from this particular particular uh, game there's, there's a there's a, a definite tone of optimism however it's it's one of the repeat stories of mill history dear listeners is that sense of optimism crushed dreams broken <laughs> um, um len here says we are really going places winning the youth cup which had happened recently um the subject of one of mirth payne's books the winning of the fa youth cup Winning the Youth Cup is merely a start which has sown the seeds for our future progress. We have been languishing, dear listeners, he says, in the lower division of the football league for far too long. We intend to get the Lions into the first division where we rightly belong and provide our supporters with a team and facilities which will be the envy of the football world. Um, One thing um, that you can laugh about, and we as Mill fans, we have to see the the humour, in our lives, but um, there's a a rich vein of ambition, often crushed as we've just said, but ambition to achieve more than what we are. And I've always found that um, quite uplifting. Uh, And even to to this day, even with John Berylsen's proposals for being part in the end of the stadium redevelopment, there's always been an ambition to raise our sights and move higher. Too often in the past it's come to nothing, let's hope. Um, that future plans don't go to the way of the super den, but there it is on, on page three of this particular matchday programme. Incident is an advert on the inside front page for some um, kind of Arthur Daly-esque sheepskin coats um, for sale via the, the club shop, which used to be based in an old church or chapel up on New Cross Road. I went there a few times in the late 70s to get bits and pieces like you do. And it was very strange because it was some distance from the ground. Um wasn't at Millwall Football Club at all. It was up in the border between New Cross where it meets Deptford. Um very odd setup, but they're selling or knocking out, I think might be the better expression. Men's and ladies' sheepskin coats for fifty-four pounds ninety-nine. Um, football manager style of the times. Um you weren't a football manager, a true football manager unless you were wearing your, your sheep at this point, dear listeners. Just flicking through some of the bits and pieces inside the programme on the um the Lion's scene section, the congratulations here for Tony Kinsella, Kevin O'Callaghan and Andy Massey have been called up for the the Irish or ERA as they describe it, the the Irish Youth Squad ERA um for the UEFA Championship youth tie against Northern Ireland on the on the twelfth of december seventy nine. Um, As I say, repeat um, theme of optimism at this point, Um, I suppose topping the table in November, as we were, and with plans for big new stadiums and a youth, uh, achieving youth side, there was real sense that the club were on the up, that we'd only be in the third division for one season only, this would all come to nothing and eventually the early 80s would lead to some of the lowest, darkest days of Mill history but at this point there was still optimism so I'm going to stick with that because it's always nice to be positive about Millwall even at this point anyway Colchester United team profile there's Trevor Lee why'd you go Trevor why did we sell you that was George Petchy folly of George Petchy profile of Alan McKenna um, one of the youth players with his missing front tooth there fantastic image from when he won the the uh, FA Youth Cup one thing that pro- programs used to have that you don't see much now—I mean, you see it at all—we've um, mentioned previously you used to stick in a kind of a color insert, actual full color. Most of our programs at this point would have been black and white inside, um, but you used to get a color insert. Only often by the Football League, Football League Review, and this one's called Program Plus. Similar kind of idea of um, you know color images, magazine articles about other clubs around the Football League really nice idea um all paid for <laughs> by fag adverts and booze golden virginia hand-rolling tobacco john bar whiskey a blend of rare and aged scotch whiskies, full-page adverts dear listeners this is the 1970s number one embassy number one's king size fags middle tar um, kill you as fast then there's a wonderful advert double spread of um Compilation albums. You've got forty original soul tracks. Black Magic. It's called Disco Saturday Night. Forty oldies but goodies. Rock and Roll. Forty. It's all kind of KTEL stuff. Double page advert for that. And then finally, finally on the insert, you've got another advert for Rothmans King Size. Um, give you a sense of what drove football at this point. Um, are we better off now? We probably are. Um, you know, they wouldn't advertise fags if they. Um, didn't uh, make money out of them. Would they? Anyway, move along. Um, back to the programme here. We're, we're now looking... Um, all the optimism has to be tempered, dear listener, doesn't it? Always has to be tempered, especially at Millwall. Um, and there's an appeal for more lottery ticket sales people. Um, with the club's history, we have a young, talented side, this article says, the distinct possibility of having the first brand new stadium built in the last 50 years. We would achieve that, actually, with... Um, Certainly in London, anyway. First brand new stadium in the last 50 odd years. And 6,000 of the most loyal supporters in the land. 6,000 was our average, gate, as we've said. A conservative estimate by the club says we need to raise around £200,000 extra per year to close the gap between income and expenditure. And that currently falls well short. So they're going to try and get you to take part in the club lotto. Um, I never did that, did you? Do this by club lottery tickets. I suppose that's why we're founded for so long in the third division because of me and my lack of lottery buying um, tickets. Pictures on the uh, pick of the picks was a previous week's game Um, an FA Cup tie versus Salisbury played at Southampton's The Dell. Great image of John Lyons there who had a disallowed goal, it says. And then uh, shots on target from Dave Memmett and Dave Donaldson who scored. Both goals, putting the lines through 2-1 in the first round of the FA Cup. Um, now I did promise you two player profiles and time is ticking on for this, this show. Um, so I've chosen Tony Towner, um, a winger who I really, really liked. Uh, very attacking, um, attractive player. Played for two seasons for Mill, 1978 to 1980. 76 appearances, scoring 14 goals on the right side of the wing. He'd previously played for Brighton. He was born in Brighton, homeboy. Um, and after Lions, he was sold in a double header deal, which broke my heart, dear listeners. And then we would sell Kevin O'Callaghan also later in the season. But Towner went in the double deal with John Season, who we'll touch on, um, to Rotherham. Rotherham. Um, would make 108 appearances before moving on eventually to the first division with with Wolves in actual fact in the 80s. Um Great, um, great, uh, great, attractive, and nowadays working as a removal oh, man. He works got his own removal company in Brighton. TJ Removals. Have a look at on um, on the lo- online Tony Towner Removals. Working in Brighton, but very um, nippy winger with the and, and as you've seen by those figures, seventy six appearances, fourteen goals. He was in amongst the goals. Um, one of my favourite players sold alongside because we were getting broke, and I suppose I hadn't bought enough lottery tickets. With John Seisman, um another great, um, attractive player, an attacking midfielder. Um, he'd come, born in Liverpool, so he come to us via Tranmere and Luton. Um, made 184 appearances for the Lions, scoring 41 goals. He was always a player that you were excited to see on the ball, John seesman like, like Towner. Um, he signed for us in 75-76 when we'd previously been in the third division and would be sold in this scandalous double header deal with Tony Town to Rotherham when um, we've just had moths flying out of the Millbank account. Nowadays working as a, as a football agent, um, but he also had spit after the Rotherham, he went on to Cardiff, Rochdale, Chesterfield, and then into the non-leagues, John Seasman. So there we are, dear listeners, that's the second of my series of football programme shows, Millwall 1, Colchester 2, December 1979. I hope you enjoyed it this little dip down memory lane. Um, I'll be back later on in the week with perhaps another another similar episode. Until then, dear listeners, this is Nick Hart, Acton Millwall, signing off now with an Arriva Dirty Millwall. Thank you for listening. Much appreciated. Bye for now.
0: Thank you for listening to Acton Millwall. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a cheeky little review. Arriva Dirty Millwall. Till next time